Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. If you're doing something interesting and well and you're liking it, you know, dive into it. Don't worry about saying, well, I have to on the side take coding classes or something because I need to fill in that gap. Or by mastering things, you'll develop a sort of a plethora of skills that turn out to be really useful. Women Who Code Talks Tech is a segment that features experts in a specific field of technology sharing their knowledge on an in-depth and highly technical subject. Caroline Sherman here today. Tableau is VP of Product Management at Salesforce, and we're discussing all about generative AI and how analysts are employing the powerful revolutionary tools they're developing in their workflows today. I am Lindsay Robertson. I am the Women of Code Leadership Fellow for the Data Science Track, and I'm very fortunate to be asking my questions and diving into Caroline's mind and her background today. And we're thrilled to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Lindsay. It's great to be here. So I want to just kind of get us kicked off with a few questions about your career journey and how you started as uh, an analyst for the U.S. Treasury and kind of worked your way into product management. Can you talk about your journey a little bit with us? Yeah, sure. And um, I'm laughing because it is it is a journey. And um, I, I often joke that I'm a bit of a career mutt. So I'll just I'll rewind a little bit, which is to say I in school I was studying Chinese. I, I almost went to conservatory for music instead of college. I um, and, and I ended up studying math. So you can sort of hear, I had a lot of interest. I really had no idea where I was going to end up. And my first job out of college was actually on Wall Street. I was doing quantitative investing at Goldman. And I ended up there just before the financial crisis. So it was an interesting time, to say the least. I was there for almost four years, which was kind of an eternity at that time and place. <laughs> it's not like quite a bit of change in that time. And I felt really lucky to be in that spot. And that's kind of what led me to the US Treasury is I felt like, well, hey, how can I take advantage of these skills and these experiences and, and put them to some good use? And um, I had the opportunity to go to Treasury and work on post-crisis regulation. And in particular, I was working on identifying threats to national financial stability. And so that was sort of analyzing everything from how things might change in China to interest rate shocks and things we're actually experiencing recently and cybersecurity. I mean, it really, it ran the gamut. And what was interesting about that experience and, and starts to sort of, well, well, I think paint a clearer picture about how I ended up where I am now is I needed to do all that analysis and then I needed to share it with people in Congress who are not sort of hired to their job, so to speak, because they're experts in the economy or finance. And so I needed to convey it in a way that made sense to really anyone. And that was a job I really enjoyed. That was a combination of things I really enjoyed. But when I left there, I actually went to business school and I and I honestly did not really know what the path was for me. And I just talked to anyone who would listen <laughs> or anyone who would be willing to talk. And I kind of just tried to hear where were the opportunities to do some of the things I liked doing. And through all those conversations, I was encouraged to try product management in tech. And when I did, I started at a business intelligence company for sales teams. It was actually built on Salesforce data. So my life came for full circle. And when I went, it really fit like a glove. The role was just right for me. And I got to do really three types of things that worked for me. I got to be my sort of math nerd self. I got to talk to people and understand what they needed in changing times. And I got to be creative. And that was the part that I kind of introduced in product management. So that's kind of how I, I ended up in product management from U.S. Treasury, which sounds like so unrelated on the surface. Well, when you hear your journey, it definitely makes sense. 
<laughs> and I find that the best yeah. product managers are really rooted in the technical to begin with. You know, it's, it really helps to marry that business knowledge and the technical knowledge. I think that uh, it creates wonderful opportunities in product. Well, it, it's fun. I, I totally agree. It's a fun combination for me. And I think it does sort of meld these different parts of your brain. And you heard I did music early on and that, so like, I, I remember saying once that when I was a little kid and someone asked me what I wanted to be, I said an inventor. And I sort of feel like this is as close as I could realistically get. And so I feel very lucky to end up in this profession. Oh, absolutely. That's so intriguing to hear. You know, I'm just curious too, you know, uh, through your experience as an analyst and then shifting into product, um, how technical did you have to get? Was this, you know, just for our listeners sake, was this something that you spent, you know, years coding and learning how to do things like that? Or is it really just shaping your skills softer skills and your more, your leadership skills, what kind of helps you lean into your product management career better? Very good question. And I, and it was a little bit of both is, is maybe what I would say. Um, but I think that the skill that actually was most important for me, I, I learned this from listening to a talk in my first year out of school was the skill of mastery. I heard this thing that said, don't worry about the first job you take out of school. Don't worry about what the thing is. Just worry about learning how to master it. And what I would say is for me, mastering things, learning to do whatever I was doing really well right in front of me was what then opened new doors or new opportunities for me and that I could go kind of tackle and then master those. And so the reason I say that is because if you're doing something interesting and well and you're liking it, you know, dive into it. Don't worry about saying, well, I have to on the side take coding classes or something because I need to fill in that gap or by mastering things, you'll develop a sort of a plethora of skills that turn out to be really useful. Um, so that's actually kind of the way I look at it, which is which is maybe a little odd, but I, has has worked for me, and I think is is something that a lot of people would benefit from. I think that's super powerful. It's something I actually haven't heard before, and I think um, it, it really helps narrow the focus for people. You know, there's so much direction and information these days, and what young people and new career perspectives. Um, people are, you know, looking at and it's hard for them to decide, you know, and it's, I think that's really helpful. So thank you for sharing that. So I wanted to kind of dive into some of the work Salesforce is doing, if you don't mind. And we're really excited about all the wonderful products that have come out this year, particularly Tableau GPT, some of the things that are going on with Tableau Pulse and even, you know, the Einstein discovery solutions, um, mainly because analysts are about to get supercharged, you know, and if they haven't already, there's a lot of potential and possibility there. Um, as a budding analyst, and we'll kind of start from you know, the beginning of the spectrum, what do you think is important now for analysts to start thinking about to um, not only prepare themselves to use these tools, uh, you know, the traditional studies, you know, they need to look into statistics and, and analytics, you know, but given that we are uh, significantly aided by these tools these days, is there a recommendation you have for how to prepare yourself to get into the field of analytics, knowing that we have these new tools? Uh, I have many. You are, Lindsay, you are <laughs> like, you're sort of like hitting up a, a passion of mine, unsurprisingly. And supercharged, use the word supercharged, and that really resonates with me. So I think what that means is it's going to be increasingly powerful and exciting to be a data analyst. And there are a couple of reasons for that. And, and this is sort of going to drive what I think matters for sort of getting into the field now. One is that and I was actually with a, I was with a large insurance company a couple of weeks ago that was talking about this exact thing that they were focused on in their own analytics team, which is you're going to get to spend less and less time on, on governance, on data cleaning, on a lot of the sort of nitty gritty work that 
has in many ways been the differentiating work with data, because if you don't do that, you can't use data today. But because there are going to be more and more tools that help you get that work done, it's going to shrink the amount of time you have to spend on that. And it's going to open up your time to do what really becomes the value creating analysis for the businesses that you work in that before you only had a small amount of time to do. And that leads to kind of a second thing, which is one thing we know is that in most organizations, only 30% of people are really looking at or using data day to day. We also know that pretty much 100% of people would make better decisions, faster decisions, take action in a different way if they were using data. And so that leaves us with a huge number of people that we can now serve with data that we might not have been able to before because of some of the new tooling. So what that means, and now we can talk more about what that means specifically, but what that means for the people getting into analytics today is really thinking about how your work connects to the business and thinking about what drives the business and how the analytics can actually influence that. That's going to become an increasingly important skill in and of itself. Um, so I think that's kind of the that's kind of the connecting of dots that not that many people do today in a really excellent way and is going to become really, I think, the driving opportunity for, for data analysts. Oh, wow. That's super exciting and powerful. And you brought up a great point that about the, the statistic about how many people are actually using data in their decision-making and their day-to-day. And the fact that this window is opening now, um, the barriers to understanding data and being data-driven are getting smaller and smaller by the day. And it's, it's exciting to think about the different fields and different roles in business or in other organizations that can start becoming analysts in their own right. And I've always said that this is the, this is the type of field, either data science or analytics, that it, no matter what profession or focus that you have in your career, it can just make you better at that. Um, so I, I'd love to hear more about the different roles that are starting to become data-driven and start using data decision-making in their day-to-day that aren't traditional analytic roles. Well, let's see. So there's there's so many directions I could go with that question. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Where do I start? Where do I start? Because what, what immediately springs to mind is that a marketing manager can use data now. A marketer, a line marketer can think about data. Salespeople can start to think about data in a way they didn't before to drive what their next best action would be. Um, you know, uh, customer service reps, managers of customer, all these functions that go through their days having to many times intuit what the right thing to do is can now sort of introduce data into their work. And if you'll let me sort of be a little over the top about the stuff that I've been working on, the the big product we launched this year that's been a labor of love for me is Tableau Pulse. And one of the core tenets of it is putting the metrics and insights that matter to you in your flow of work. And that's the big game changer that we're not always talking about. It's showing up at the right time and in the right place for those people. So that's why I'm talking about all these sort of jobs that you don't think of as data analysts or you don't think of as sort of data centric jobs can now be informed by data. And I'll just say one more thing about this. Sure. I've often thought for a lot of these roles and organizations, I think this, I'm curious if this is what you're getting at, Lindsay. Yeah. Data has always kind of been seen as like a little bit of a frosting on the cake. And I think now it's an essential ingredient to the cake. Absolutely. An extra or a sweetener. It's the, it's the like salt that without it, the whole thing stinks, you know? And I think that's this shift that we're seeing. And that's why when you ask me like, what are the roles? I'm basically thinking 
everyone. How do I list every role? (laughs) Well, that's amazing. The potentials are limitless, honestly. And I I really agree with you. And the work that Tableau has been doing in this space is just revolutionary, really. Yeah. And that kind of brings me more to the more seasoned analysts that have been doing this job. You know, you mentioned putting the workflows in your face, you know. So for the people that are in analytics currently, and they're they're looking to leverage these tools, um, you know, the more experienced folks, what kinds of workflows, you know, do you think that will be enhanced? And what are some examples, you know, of what they're they're using in a Pulse use case, you know, to supercharge those workflows like we were talking about? Yeah. So I think there's two things that come to mind immediately. The first thing is just in terms of their impact on the organization, the fact that they'll go from all their work will be exposed to 70% of the organization that just doesn't see it today. I mean, that's a huge change. It makes the role of being a data analyst, it was it was already incredibly powerful. I mean, when we talk about, just to take a step back, when we talk about 30% of an organization and that being the average looking at data, that adds up to millions of people, right? This is a huge number of people using data already. So it's already been incredibly powerful and differentiating to be a data analyst and bring that work to bear for the organization. But the idea that you can now double that, I mean, that's an unbelievable shift. So in terms of just thinking about the role in the company, that's the starting point, I think, for the mentality. And then more precisely in, in terms of using Tableau Pulse. So again, I'm, I mean, I'm so funny. I think a lot about how data helps us avoid bias. I mean, I could not be more biased on this topic. <laughs> um, we also do that, but it's a good product <laughs> to be biased about, yes. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. We have gotten like a great response to it. So I think it's, it's feeling very, very powerful so far, but the thing that we'll, we'll see or what we are hoping to see happen is that data analysts will now be able to translate the KPIs or the outcomes or the results that matter most to businesses into the metrics that you'll want to see show up in the flow of work for various parts of the business. So that will vary by team, but they'll be really creating this repository, which is kind of the single source of truth on what results matter to each team and each individual in the business. And by doing that, they'll create this whole ecosystem where we can generate insights on that information and then serve them to people, not only in their flow of work, but in natural language. So, you know, I mentioned my U.S. Treasury experience before. Well, I gave people a lot of charts and they were useful and they're very valuable and very powerful. But what ended up being really influential to them absorbing it, if that wasn't kind of a natural way for them to interact with data, was putting it also just in plain language. And we're gonna be able to serve people both at the same time with these metrics. And that's the sort of Tableau Pulse experience. It's this idea of keep the pulse of your business right in front of you without a lot of work and digging. And that's what the data analysis is gonna be able to do going forward. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. And it filled an incredible gap that we used to have in the field where learning data storytelling was really difficult, you know, sometimes for a quantitative background learning to translate that to stakeholders and create the compelling story or the needs, you know, out of the, the insights. So I guess, you know, is there a, a way, and I think you kind of hit on this already, but that it's, you know, streamlining the the data storytelling. Do you have an example of how that could be used? Uh, yes, I, I do. I have so many. <laughs> <Pick. laughs> That's good. It's I'm an important part. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and let me just say the data storytelling comment that you make, I do think a lot of people could spend a lot of time doing that. And the challenge is being a data analyst is already a hard job. It's already a busy job. It's not exactly like people are sitting around 
twiddling their thumbs, looking to add on a whole bunch of sort of translation, if you will, from the analysis that they unearth to those sort of end consumers, those business people. So look, it could be anything from a grocery store chain, making sure that their store managers know how inventory is shifting and what they need to do differently to stock appropriately. Like that's a really tangible output that you get from having that information right in your flow of work at the right time and knowing what's going on and how it all connects. Another example is, you know, if you think about a call center, customer service is so essential for so many businesses who are doing, you know, who are, who are providing a service or a product. And it turns out that the calls to call centers fluctuate enormously or tickets, whatever, whether someone emails, chats, or calls, those things fluctuate enormously. And you'll be able to know, okay, today it turns out this one region is really overloaded, but another region isn't. And I could actually redirect some of those today. Without that information, it's really hard to just guess at what's going on and where it's happening and why it's happening, what's driving what's happening. And so it's really going to be, what I often say is the information that you want to take action on is often just out of reach. And the idea is this brings it well within reach, accessible, because again, it's just in plain language with visualizations, but it starts with plain language. So you don't have to think all that hard about what you're interpreting, that data storytelling, as you say, is done for you. And so those are some of the examples of places where you'll see this show up. Um, the, the in-context help for the analysts really allows them to think of their solutioning and their problem solving in a different way. Some things I, I've looked into and I was thinking about are suggestions on questions to ask. Are there any insights you can speak to about that? How it's been working out for the analysts using the tool? Yeah. Um, so we're, we're very early sort of pre-pilot pilot folks right now. And it's been really exciting already to see the reactions we're getting. And one of, as exactly as you say, one of the really powerful things, we're working on an assistant as well, and that's going to help data analysts as well. And the idea is to lower the bar on how hard it is to think of what's your next question, basically. And so that exploring and figuring out kind of the next analysis doesn't become sort of a, a labor, but it becomes really just like a thought exercise around like, what do you think is interesting and valuable to the business? And specifically when it comes to building metrics for Tableau Pulse, that's where what we're seeing is we can provide questions that you can ask that produce new insights once we know the metrics that matter to the business. And so there's this really symbiotic relationship we now have with the data analysts around producing more and more valuable insights for the business. That's super exciting. Thank you for sharing that. And I'd like to kind of go back to, you mentioned a couple of times your passion, you know, and this is evident that you are super excited about the work you do because the products that your teams are putting out are fantastic. And that just kind of shows, you know, that there's a lot of passion there. Can you remember back to the first time it kind of clicked to that aha moment where you were in your career and you're, you start thinking about the types of products you'd love to develop as that inventor, you know, as a child inventor in you. Can you think about that moment and share it with our listeners? I can. It's actually funny. A very specific moment pops to mind when you ask that. So when I, so I was just a few months out of college when the financial crisis hit and one nice thing for me about that moment was I was fresh eyes. There were all these people who'd spent decades investing in a certain way with a whole bunch of assumptions and, and the details don't really matter, but there are things around like, what is, 
what is the risk-free rate as we call it? What sort of like money, what do you get from just holding money? And those are all essential ingredients to how you think about investing. And suddenly all of our assumptions were just turned on their heads. And it was a fascinating moment where I saw that the whole market froze, all of these investors, and we're talking about not just sort of individuals, but um, we're also talking about you know pension funds that have to pay people who have worked very hard and earned this money. So they have real responsibility to their investors. And so I was seeing this frozen investor base that really needed to think about how to invest their money smartly. And I could see that the world had changed. Everyone had to sort of rethink what they were doing. And so what I ended up getting to sort of play an essential role in and, and do this with sort of one of the partners I worked with was launching a fund that had a totally new approach to how you manage risk. And that may not sound all that sexy on the surface, <laughs> but it was a really important. It was, yeah, it was a really cool thing to experience completely undoing all these assumptions that we had made historically taking a totally new lens on what mattered to our investors and the way that the markets might move again and what it meant to try to stay ahead on behalf of these customers. And so in a way, it was this combination of being able to extract real value from data, being thoughtful about what we could do creatively with that information, and then really helping our customers stay ahead of a changing market. That was really the trifecta for me of really Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate and comment.